This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. You can text the show on 8.12.15, follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio, or email the show via the Absolute Radio website. We'd love you to do one or all of those things because interaction in 2021 is everything, wouldn't you say so, guys? Well, yeah. you say, guys, there's only one of us in the actual room with you, Frank. Yeah, we've got Al down the line. Uh, down the line? Which I, I, I quite like because uh, I was really hoping I would be in his dressing gown but he tells me he's in a tracksuit which is I like down well, the line it's very what sort of Mike Reed would have said on the swap shop in the 80s exactly we got you down the line Ian Botham <laughs> it is it, or, or a football phone in of some kind it feels a bit like that um, yeah I hope it'll be better feel- than that <laughs> I've been listening to football phone-ins for, I would say, 50 years, and I've, anyone, I've never heard anyone who's phoned in say anything that has, has, has added to my <laughs> treasure chest of football knowledge and insight. I, I feel very exhausted after I listen to them. Everyone gets angry. It's just, I'm um, feeling I've set the bar too low for myself now. No, no, it's, it's going to be all right. I remember a bloke... Well, I used to listen to the BRMB, the Birmingham one, quite a lot, and a bloke went mad about the fact that Andy Gray, the Villa player, was playing so well and still not being picked for England. And the bloke let him go on for about three minutes before he said, he's Scottish poor. <laughs> <laughs> Very cruel. You know, not, nearly oh. enough rope, nearly enough rope. Nearly, yes, enough rope. And then in poor, went, poor. It was uh, <laughs> It was difficult times. So I wasn't... Um, we didn't have a, a, a live show last week. And I know no. some people... Uh, texted and um, went online some people went online with their concerns yeah. went on the interweb yeah. oh please yeah. don't say that yeah. we, we did have loads of people asking Frank why, why is there no you well, know, Tommy gonna... Ward why is there no um, podcast this week I was looking forward to the show Lou Boyce I've been panicking that the creeks had risen oh. I trust all is well well um, alright Wardy <laughs> I'll uh, I'll put you uh, I'll put you right. Basically, what happened was last Friday I had Shane got recommissioned series two. No, yes, <laughs> I, and I've been uh, I've been having some mood meetings <laughs> with ITV. I don't know if ITV have mood meetings. I think they probably consider that a bit fancy. Yeah, I think they mainly talk about where the Toblerone <laughs> ad fits. But anyway, um, so I, I went. I got um, I got the call for my vaccine vaccination yeah <laughs> which I know um, is something that only old people get but anyway I, I got that so I went along to a, a well it was a basketball court in North London was it? well they'd set up a really? few cubicles yeah I'll tell you something about it um, there was an element of there was a lovely British <laughs> team spirit about the whole there was lots of volunteers there and uh-huh. uh, they'd say go to that lady over there and she'll tell you where to sit and stuff and this lady was waving an actual flag now none of the others had flags and I thought oh god bless this woman she's oh. bought in her own flag to be, right. to be, to be easier frank, noticed I hope I, I imagine there was a lot of lovely pensioners uh, volunteers wearing uh, t-shirts over shirts that's what I'm hoping <laughs> um, there was no, it wasn't the sort of it wasn't uh, 
They had, um, what did, I think they might have been doing that. Yeah. yeah. They didn't have like oh. nylon wigs and shaking buckets. No, I, I'm thinking more Tory councillor at a jumble sale. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a good image. Yeah. That's very good. I've yeah. got it completely wrong. I'd pictured them all in basketball singlets ready for the jab in their arm. <laughs> no, they were, uh, the volunteers, it really meant, it, it was, it was like London 2012 again. It really felt like people who were, you know, we're doing our bit. And then I found out this morning that Faye, our assistant producer, is one of those. Not one, not in my bit of London, but she's a volunteer as well. Oh, oh I must ask her about her flag. <laughs> Unfortunately, this woman went for the American Confederate flag, which... <laughs> I, Problematic. I, yeah, you could tell people what they wanted to broach the subject, but they couldn't quite work out um, how to bring it up. What with her being a volunteer, <laughs> as well. So um, there is uh, there is more to this story, and I'll uh, I'll, I'll give it you um, after this. But you know, I love to, I love to share. Frank Skinner. Skinner. On Absolute Radio. I haven't told you I bought. I I drove a, a nineteen. 60s mourners car you know those big not 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 oh, actually a hearse fun. but a mourners car which yeah. belonged to a, a a friend of mine a comic called malcolm hardy and he had me as his truck i think he was banned from driving or he just wanted to get drunk and i drove mm-hmm. it around london and up to birmingham and wherever a few times for him and I think she purchased that mourner's car, Fabrice. Oh, that would make sense. Yeah, this is the show with the facts, <laughs> which I was thinking is important. So, look, so I've looked up. I'm at the uh, basketball court. I'm yep. ready for me jab. Now, I'd been to my chiropodist that very week, and he'd had his jab, and he said to me, my left arm was completely dead for two days after I oh. had it. And I thought... Well, that's quite handy because I'm going hawking this weekend, <laughs> and um, my my gauntlet is at the dry cleaners, <laughs> and so it can just land on the bare flesh this week. So yes, I love it when things uh, work out. So anyway, um, I went there, and the woman when she did my jab, she went. She didn't even ask. She went straight for the left arm. So I think she just she must oh. have. Perhaps seen me write in the form or something, yeah. and just thought right hand. Maybe that Albert Pierpoint, the former executioner thing, of being able to shake hands with oh, a convicted yeah. murderer and guess his weight to within a couple of pounds. Maybe she had that kind of thing going on. Um, who knows? Shout oh, out to uh, Albert Pierpoint's uh, relative who listens oh, yeah, to our show. Oh yeah, used to get in touch with us uh, mm, yes. now and again. Granddaughter, yeah. I believe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, we haven't heard from her for a long. Don't leave us hanging. <laughs> Oh, for goodness <laughs> sake. So anyway, um, so when I got there, I thought it'd be me and a lot of very, very old people. In fact, I thought it'd just be a lot of old people. Uh, there was some quite <laughs> young young women sitting there. and Yeah, but no offence, but it's all relative. I mean, what do you consider young now? No, but I mean, I mean, like, you know, in people in their 30s. Oh. And I'm thinking, you know, this, are these people who've got, like, contacts with the council? You know, like I when I was... that they have stuff going on that you don't know about. Maybe, but I mean, when <laughs> I was a youth, there were people who got on the bins, which was the dream job to get oh. on the bins, because you were finished by 11 o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah. And it was always a bit uh-huh. suspicious that, you know, their uncle Paul knew someone at the council house. And, yes. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so um, I, I, I went in and I, I had me uh, jab and... Um, 
I remember the woman said, are you all right with plasters? And I thought, oh, right. is that a thing now? Have you heard of that? Plast, plast, plaster allergy? I've heard of people no, who... No, but it's... Sorry, Al. Over to our caller down the line. <laughs> Go on, Al. No, no, not at all. <laughs> what was your I, I was going to say, it's the sort of thing that gets in the stories about um, people having to wear safety goggles for conkers, and now, you know, we've got people that are allergic to plasters. I can believe it's a thing. I've never I've never heard of it. I mean, I, if I have a jab, I want a little round plaster on the top of it. You know, I never normally know what used to circular plaster for any other purpose. Mm. <laughs> so I add that. And um, What about corns? No, no. Oh. I get those uh, sliced off. Oh. Anyway, well, let's oh. not go. Yeah, I know. 8.18 on Absolute Radio. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> forgive me if you've heard a lot of um, I've had my vaccine anecdotes just lately because there's about 16 million anecdotes out there at the moment. But um, mm. I, well, can yeah. I interject? I do apologise, but Sally from Surrey has just said, uh, just to set Frank's mind at rest on the jab age front, I'm 48 and off to get my jab at 8.40. Yeah, well, my uh, my sister-in-law's been called in at forty-eight. So now I think it's um, I, I think it was a tombola yeah. at the centre of it. <laughs> yeah, but that's all right. But anyway, it's it's a bit chilly and minus. I feel like the first <laughs> first two or three come out and it's interesting, and then it's anyway what else is on. But um, I'm getting to why I missed the show last week, and I'll t- I'll tell you that after after this, baby. I've had phase one of the Oxford-AstraZeneca vaccine. It's in there. Oh, excellent. And um, I think I might be a bit... I've been a bit funnier this week than ever. I don't know. What, if, that, so? what if it turned out that the Oxford-AstraZeneca <laughs> made people a bit funnier? God, now what a great service. Literally to a booster jab on whatever you... <laughs> exactly, whatever, you whatever your improved. main skill is. And then yeah. you could go up to someone and yeah. say, have you not had your jab? Oh. Yeah. Oh, or, or if, sick burn. Yeah, you'd, I'd just be me standing on street corners telling jokes to pensioners <laughs> and the vulnerable. A sort of. Actually, that's my gig. What it's you not do. my gigs are like, any. Um, so, so uh, we've got I, a bit of a we've got a bit of an update actually on uh, on the plaster question. Oh yes, uh, are you all right with plasters? Sorry, what was the number? Yes, Frank. Uh, 245 has said, Frank, the problem with plasters is usually the latex in the glue. My sister has a latex allergen. It can be very serious, but latex-free plasters are readily available. Oh. Well, I wasn't off... Frank Skinner, who knew? Who knew that? Like, is that the difference? You know the sort of... I remember when the waterproof plaster came out and it was quite a big... It was a headline story. Because before that, they were made out of some sort of cloth. I have. Oh, my God, yeah. Well, that was during the Peasants' Revolt. It was, yeah. I said to what Tyler? I said to what? He said, I was saying there's plasters, new plasters stuff coming out. Cloth plasters? Absolute cloth. Um, which is the mm. name of, I think, our um, our new channel on uh, uh-huh. on Absolute. Oh yeah, the, I don't know what Absolute the class would channel. be. Oh, it does sound quite middle ages. I, they play music from uh, the 13th century. <laughs> perhaps, it's, <laughs> perhaps it's all very emotional music, as in touching cloth. 
<laughs> Sorry. Anyway. Oh, my God. So, um, so I got home and I was quite excited. I'd had my uh, vaccination. And um, then I started feeling a bit hot. And uh, turns out um, there are side effects. So I had a temperature and, uh, and I had a headache. And so that's why I wasn't here last week. Yeah. It was 24 hours, I was fine, but it just it was bad time and I shouldn't have had it on a Friday. Yeah. My bad. But I tell you something, I woke up the next morning, so I just, I didn't set the alarm. Sarah said, don't come in, you sound terrible. And I said, well, it's never stopped me before. Yeah. And I didn't set the alarm on a Saturday morning, which is quite a big thing. And this, I woke up and the first thing I did was put the test match on, England playing in India. And there was people, there was a... a spectators at the test match and I thought oh my god how long have I been asleep (laughs) (laughs) absolutely terrified (laughs) so the only other um, side effect which um, lasted a couple of days was when I was a kid I used to put coins in my mouth Mm. because um, pockets were unreliable in those days and I used to, and and the taste of uh, coins, I could, I could, uh, that, I had that. Oh, for a metallic of days. taste you had. Yeah, but specifically oh, no. of um, pre-decimal currency. <laughs> That's how I describe it, <laughs> which is lovely for the pensioners taking one a little, <laughs> little stroll back. But so I'm phase one, I'm done, and um, I said to the woman, I, I held, I touched my mask and said, so I can chuck this now, can I? And uh, she didn't get the joke. Just, just trying to be light-hearted, you know, in a medical context. Yeah. So it was a good thing. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Frank. So, uh, yes, have we heard from um, the nether regions? Well, we've had... We've been discussing <laughs> plasters. I'm pretending that didn't happen now. Okay. Rebecca Hall from Bristol... Yeah, Rebecca Hall from Bristol, yeah. ...has got in touch. My friend is very allergic to metal... Other than gold. Wow, guys, is that why they get rid of the statues? <laughs> oh, that's what they all say. Oh, sorry, I'm allergic to any metal other than gold. <laughs> yeah, we all know that old excuse. Darling, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's metal in plasters. I always what used to What threaten- you talking about, Willis? <laughs> is that really? <laughs> I always used to threaten that if she was mean... I'm liking the sound of Rebecca Hall. Yeah. I'd write something mm-hmm. rude on her forehead with plasters when she was sleeping. Goodness. The, because the skin oh, and... comes up in very small, red, itchy bumps. Oh, what I like is Rebecca's gone the extra mile with her unpleasantness. A lot of people would have just put plasters on her yeah. and, and that would have been... With Rebecca, what, even when she removes yeah. them, she's, she's scarred. She's, she's gone for the sun cream revenge. Oh. And then Rebecca also has a payoff... Uh, which makes me like her even more. Re-gold. She's put an asterisk. A great excuse for her wealthy aunt to buy her a gold watch for her 21st. Oh, my goodness. I feel we're in the midst <laughs> of something here. A long rift. The it's brother's been... Karamazov. I hope Rebecca's friend... I hope, I hope Rebecca's friend isn't listening. <laughs> no. I shouldn't think she'll be up this. Day. She'll, be, uh, <laughs> she'll be having someone fanning her with an enormous ostrich feather. As she flicks through the tabloids, <laughs> reading about um, Kim Kardashian. Yeah. Anyway, I don't want to stereotype. <clears> Indeed, it's probably lovely. Okay. Um, we've had a we've had a missive in from the outside world that I'm not sure I understand, and I'd like to run past you. Um, 
I wish this is in Swedish. If this is in Swedish now, I'm going to be really impressed. Three seven one has texted. Uh, this morning I said to my girlfriend, "It's Frank in ten minutes." Without skipping a beat, she said, "The inventor more interested in time." I've never been so proud of her. Frank, over that, to that's it. over to our correspondent. In the, thank you so much, Alan Cochran. Over to our correspondent in the studio. It's Frank in ten minutes, mm. and she said, "The inventor more interested in time." Do you understand that? I, I, I mean, I, I love it in that it sounds like a, a, a line from a, an avant-garde poem. But yeah, I love it like a haiku, but not yeah, do, a joke. Do they talk like that all the time? These two, I, what a great <laughs> pair they are! I love it, but I don't understand it. That's marriage for you. Hey, hey, hey. I said hey. <laughs> um, well, if you could send us the key to that. Um, <laughs> conversation. I'd love to, because it sounds the fact that he was pleased with it. He's got it. Does mm. yeah. yeah. Do you think some part of it was telepathic, which has not been included in the message? I assumed <laughs> it was a Doctor Who reference, Alan. Obviously, um, you know. Oh, I watched a good episode. You're, mar- of that you're, you're married you? with a family, and you don't. That's not your area. Um, what did you watch, Al? <laughs> Just out of. Uh, do you want to have this chat off air or on? No. It's up to you. I want to have it on it. <laughs> Just tell me I'm wrong. It was a David Tennant one set in um, historical France. It was really good. Was there some horrible, frightening, metallic puppets in it? Because if so, that yeah. could be any episode. No. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, that, yeah, he travelled with us. <laughs> Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. We've had an answer on the joke that we didn't understand. Oh, good. Um, 371 has texted... Oh, actually, maybe I should recap the actual joke. Yeah, I'd, I'd quite like to hear it again. Mm. Oh, now I've I lost think, it. I think it bears repetition. Do you want me to... Uh, do you want me to move on oh, yes. and you can come back with it? No, I found it. Oh, this good morning I said. This morning I said to my girlfriend, it's Frank in ten minutes. Without skipping a beat, she said... The inventor more interested in time. I've never been so proud of her. So we were puzzling, and uh, and now three seven one has replied as in Frankenstein. Well, it was a monster of a pun for us. <laughs> and then the there's some praise. More interested in time, Frankenstein. Oh, instead of Frankenstein, he's called Frankentime. Frank in ten minutes. Oh, Frank in ten minutes. So he's more yeah. interested in time. It was. I mean, minutes. I tell you what I like about it. I don't know how long you two have been together, um, um, but <laughs> three, it's, seven, it, it, su- it suggests three seven one that early stage when there's <laughs> <laughs> everything that they say, which I love it. Of course, what I find the fact that your boyfriend and girlfriend I find strange is that you bumped into each other so early in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Um, how could that have happened? But, uh, no, I think that's lovely that you're on the same wavelength. I suggest that you uh, commit to a, a long and vibrant relationship together. Mm. Because I'll tell you something, you can have the very beautiful, the very clever, the very kind, but you can't beat a good audience when it comes to sorting <laughs> your partners out. Wow. I, I went for the challenge. <laughs> I went. I can. I can get. I can win these over eventually. Still at it. Anyway, speaking of love, 
I um, it was Valentine's Day last uh, Sunday, as some of you may be aware, and so I did what I always do. I ordered a dozen red roses for my partner. Yes, you're very good on that front, aren't you? Yeah, I'm. I'm a fan of the dozen red roses. Mm. I think every uh, uh, event like that should just have one set present. Mm. That you oh get. yeah. Um, I also got a, a, a very uh, obscure electronic music magazine, um, but that we won't go into that. Anyway, so so the Red Roses. Um, I went into Flora. She was oh, fine yeah. with it, <laughs> and um, <laughs> I went into Flora, and um, the Red Roses were sure enough delivered on Saturday, right, and without the card. Oh, no. Have you called your personal assistant? Well, I mean, at at (laughs) first my thought was, you know, oh, that's terrible. They brought them on the wrong day and they they Mm. brought the card. And then my second thought was, what if these aren't mine? (gasps) What if these are another dozen red roses? What if they're intended for David Baddiel? Well, yeah, it's possible, (laughs) unlikely. (laughs) Anyway, um, I was very confused by it and a bit upset. I mean, I found myself thinking, what's the story into Flory? What's the story into Flory? Wouldn't you like to? And everyone at home is singing that now. So um, then, about three hours later, another man turned up and he said, um, I've come to apologise. And he was holding the, the card from the flowers on the... You know, it comes on a long stick. He was holding the stick with the card on it. And he said, I've come... He said, the driver... He said, the stupid driver. I thought, all oh, right, dear. all right, oh, all right. <laughs> he said, the stupid driver brought, uh, forgot the card and brought the flowers on the wrong day. I said, I'm terribly sorry. And I said, well, you know, don't, don't worry about it. Um... I was a bit upset, but I was so happy that he'd come and brought me the card. The next day, actual Valentine's Day, yeah. knock at the door into Flora. And? The original driver. The OG. Open brackets, <laughs> inverted commas, stupid. Uh, <laughs> close inverted uh, commas, close brackets. My, not, his words, not mine. Yeah. Um, arrived with a, uh, a dozen red tulips... A helium-filled heart-shaped balloon that said "I love you" and a chocolate heart, and a card from Interflora apologising for the for their mistake. So and Interflora I, got better stuff than you. Yeah, in, in a way. Yeah, I thought they 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 yeah. pushed the boat. But I think, remember I was talking on the show before about people who complained at someone I knew. Who'd, oh, had, yeah. who'd had a, a, a jar, a, a tin of sausages and beans, and there was only one sausage, so they resented the use of the plural. Yeah. <laughs> and they'd written to the company and got 24 tins of sausages and beans. And I said, I wonder if that still happens. I feel now I'm in, I'm in the 24 tins of sausages and beans category with this. Oh, I was so pleased. <laughs> Love is in the air, every sight and every sound. This is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. You can text the show on... I've got too much saliva. Hold it. You can text the show on 812.15. <laughs> Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. 
Email the show via the Absolute Radio website. Your other option. I, I tell you what happened. I've got some um, chocolate raisins on the way. And since I've thought about it, my mouth is actually physically watering with anticipation. They are well, one of I the best a, things. I'm sorry you're missing out on those, Al, although wasted on me, as you know, because, you know, they don't... They don't <clears throat> should we say they don't agree with me? And leave it there. Yeah, let's leave it there. Okay. I, I have the mouth-watering thing when I think of lime pickle. You know the... Um, oh, really? Curry side. I, I oh, do. my God. It's a pickle. It's a pickle. Ow, my mouth just watered when you said that. It's oh. great, isn't it? Very I've clever. I've taken to having it on things like chicken sandwiches and stuff like that. You haven't. I have. It works great. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, a little, little sense of the East. Um, when you're having a chicken sandwich, <laughs> something more domestic. There's no harm in that. Something different. Of course, I still Very maintain clever. that nobody outside of an Indian restaurant can make a nice poppadom. Oh yeah, mm. you get the you get the sort of glazed with fat when people make them. I've been to people's houses and they're saying, "Oh, I'm doing curry tonight." I've never made poppadoms, and there's tiny little like you know when you walk a- across a beach when the uh, tide has has withdrawn and mm. looking for little crabs and things. There's like that. There's little pools of fat sitting in the indentations. Terrible. Whereas dry as a bone. There's Indian something restaurant. very joyful, though, about the uh, condiment outside of context. Mint jelly. Just some mint jelly. I'll tell you something oh, I've started on. doing in later life is putting mint sauce on anything I damn well fancy. So yeah. I'll put mint sauce on chicken or anything. Yeah. God, Good for brilliant. You. Brilliant. <laughs> mint sauce can turn the nastiest of things into a nice meal. Mm. Well, I know you're not a fan of vegetables, but um, here's a little (laughs) top tip. You're not either. Well, I don't mind vegetables. Salad, I don't like. Go on, top tip, Alan Cochran. I wish we'd got a jingle for this. Hold on, what about Um, this? (laughs) In the midst of Cochran. (laughs) (laughs) See what you think. Go on, here it comes. Uh, top tip and a genuinely good way of getting children to eat uh, some side salad is uh, cherry tomatoes, cherry tomatoes chopped up, cucumber chopped up, stir in some mint sauce. Delicious. Goodness. Lovely. That is the waste thing I ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that, that's... Uh, I, I didn't see I that you coming. Try it. That's left field there, Al's uh, culinary that's tip. left field from the young man Cunian. I love a, I love a left field culinary. Who's, who's neither young nor monkey. <laughs> I know, but we don't let those details bother us. Frank, there's something I would like to discuss with you. I'll go on then. Al, there's something yeah. I'd also like to discuss with you. Well, I think we've got it all set up, though, considering <laughs> the three of us are on yeah. a radio show. Good. Did you get a copy of Heat magazine this week, Alan Cochran? No, I didn't. Mine's okay. late. Oh, well... I did. And when I was reading through Heat Secret Crush, I turned, my attention turned to number 25, and it said this. He wakes us up every Saturday on his Absolute Radio breakfast show, which is almost as good as him waking us up in real life with breakfast in bed. One can dream... Dot, dot, dot. Frank Skinner is Heat's secret crush 
number 25. I mean, it's... Uh, I've, how many are in the total number? 26. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... Uh, no, Barry Hearn behind me or something. <laughs> no, is it, I'm shocked by this, and I don't say that in modesty. I'm just saying it's it's not my area, Alua. Oh, I see. My area is you know Alua, just on the east coast of uh, Hawaii. Um, Does, was Kath pleased? Um, she was. She said it to me. She could hardly get it out for laughter. She said oh. it to me with so much scorn, based on the fact that it wouldn't bother me at all. But I mean, let's not go over the top now. But I, it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, I don't care about the physicals really. But um, I mean, it's nice. You were just below Boris Johnson. What a night that was! <laughs> I won't be the first. Rob Beckett. <laughs> Rob Beckett above or below? Below Rob Beckett. Below well, Bill Bailey. You... What? Oh, well, he's very <laughs> current. So uh, that's fair enough. Um, so there's a few... Uh, yeah, there's a few um, left fielders in there. I mean, I, you know, I'm not saying I'm not pleased. Will there be... Will something arrive in the post? Some sort of certification? Yeah. We'll see. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Now, there's a, a story, you'll be aware of um, Dr Samuel Johnson, the 18th century um, moralist, who, um, yeah. when he was at uh, Oxford, was asked why he'd uh, missed the tutorial, and he said, I was sliding in Christchurch Meadow. <laughs> and um, I... Took advantage of the last, what could well be the last snow of the year, to go uh, to go sledging. Oh, lovely! No, you mean actual sledging, not just shouting at cricketers? No, no, I didn't, I didn't do any of <laughs> any of that. Um, I um, no, I, we actually got the sledge out because we've had the same sledge for um, many throughout my son's life. The sledge comes out when there's a bit of snow. We don't get that much in London, I'll tell you, outsider, guys. Anyway, what we didn't have was um, what they used to call the right kind of snow. No. Oh, yes. It's a bit powdery. And what yeah. I really need at this point is a, an Inuit thesaurus. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if there is such a... Is there one in the absolute bookcase? Maybe not. Uh, because it was always said, wasn't it, uh, traditionally, that the Inuits have 50 words for snow. Yes. Is this true, then? Well, as I understand it, and I'm uh, I'm not an Inuit scholar, although I did um, I did pilot a Radio 4 show about their culture called Just an Inuit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I think they're, they're like the Germans linguistically in that they like a big compound word oh, you know yes. how, like the obergruppenfuhrer springs to mind but i'm sure there are many oh yes, oh, yes. Uh, and so they they will say things like fine powdery snow but they'll be separate words but they'll put it all together mm. so that's why i think it it probably sounds like yes. they've got a lot of words it's a slight um, but anyway so i went i went up on the uh, me, me and my son went on the uh, on the slope, a nearby slope. Lovely. And um, there were adults there on their own sledging. Respect. Oh, really? 
Well, yes. My initial thought was respect for their, you know, champion their individuality. Mm. But I thought to myself, but they, I wouldn't put them on my babysitter list. Yeah. I Do you know that you sort of that, that terrible mix of good on you for being here on your own, yes. weirdo? Yes, I know that, what you mean. That, that, that juxtaposition. Yes. And a lot of people snowboarding in like the proper clothes and stuff. It reminds me, Frank, of when I saw um, an elderly man in quite brief shorts mm. on the waltzer on his own. And yeah, I wow. thought the waltzer is a strange ride to go... I mean, it was a bit odd going on your own. I yeah. just think... It's it's a pity because I I love the fact that people can do that, mm. but maybe what the waltzer is I, that's where you should draw the line. Yeah, yeah I'd say especially any, in shorts. Any activity in short shorts is perilous, but a waltzer surely. Oh, Argentina won the World Cup in 1978 <laughs> in those shorts. I will, I will never know. I mean, it was almost like they were being slightly raised onto tiptoe. <laughs> By just wearing them, <laughs> I admired the sentiment behind it. It was it was exuberance. It was actually a pride. I saw this. There was a festival. There was a, a sort of, fe- and I thought it was lo- there's something lovely about it. But there was something um, also. I, I know. I I just felt uh, it's not a decision I would have made. No. Okay. No, I agree with that. I find it's a bit like you know when. Um, you look at a newspaper online nowadays and you, you find an article that's interesting. You read about 20 lines of it and then it says to read more, subscribe to. Oh. I find that um, with the lower buttock in that, on the 1978 Argentina team that you get, you get the first paragraph of the buttock and then it's, uh, it's roughly taken away from you. Uh, Who would have thought we'd have got here from snow? <laughs> So I'm on my sledge. Yeah. I've looked up, and there's all these people snow, but people who I imagine make short advertising films, uh, mm-hmm. those sort of people snowboarding. But I was on my sledge with my son, and it's basically, um, it's sort of, we had one great run where we we spent some time in midair, and that's when you know your sledging's going well. When you leave the ground and you're actually in midair for a second oh, or something. Tell Brilliant. me, Alan Jones told me all about it. Oh, it's like being on wheels. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it disintegrated under us on about the eighth and ninth run. I mean, it just tore what? apart the sledge. The sledge. Ah. <gasps> It was. What, it what was, was it made of? It's a plastic sledge. Oh. oh. We've had it for years, but what we were pushing it, there wasn't really enough snow on the hard, icy ground to justify it, and I it see. just couldn't handle it. And Boz, who's had that, he's as long as he can remember, we've mm. had that for it, that uh, sledge. He turned to me, looking distraught, and he said, "We've had lots of fun on that sledge." And I thought, oh, God. And when they don't have pets, this is how you teach them about loss. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so that was the end of that. It was a terrifying. Thing. It literally sort of ripped in half underneath us. Well, you see, we always, we always went wood on the sledging. Front. Oh, yeah, but, you know, I'd rather it was on the slope than in the ocean. That's how yes. I feel about the plastic. Yes. Yeah. 
Maybe Buzz could take a, a, a leaf out of Marie Kondo's book and just thank it for its service to him. Oh, is that, it well, I, well, I tell you something, he wouldn't let me bin it. We had to take it home um, shattered as it was. I wanted to give it a proper oh. Viking burial. Well, I think it's like, you know, <laughs> not when people used to have their, their grandparents living at home with them. It's like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was, it was lovely. I've already, I've already replaced it. I'll be straight. Something one doesn't tend to do with the grandparents. I've already bought yeah. a new one on the off chance we have a bit an, a cold snap. It's <laughs> a good channel, I think. You know, hey, you know. know, a few weeks ago, in fact, it might even be months ago, you uh, you ran one of your obscure textings. What uh, surprise things do you have on your wall? Hmm. I completely forgot that in one room of our house we have a vintage wooden ski attached to our wall. Ah. Do you? Why do you say vintage? Could you, could you put a year on it? Um, no, oh. I don't think I could. Okay. Um, maybe 1950s or ah, 60s or wow. 70s or something like that. I mean, I'm not a... When I'm life was generally more, it's more carefree then. <laughs> I thought skiing would, uh, skiing would be a more... Uh, carefree activity as everything was you've never had it so good as Harold Macmillan said. oh yeah they just used to you know they, they just have a little cigarette going down the slope. oh always a cigarette uh-huh. yeah for we me the 50s it. will always be a family having dinner at Botlins sitting round a table having chips and that at dinner and then Uncle Jeff swimming past in when you could see the swimming pool through the wall in the dining <laughs> Thing. Oh man, that that what life they lived then. What life they lived. And even the children were smoking at that meal. Oh God. But uh, oh, God. simpler times. We'll come. We'll come back. To this. Someone has pointed out uh, before we return to the slopes, Bilbo Bakewell. Had a good showing in Heat Secret Crush. Uh, Absolute Radio, in fact, did. Oh, did they? Because Frank at 25 and Real Dysonator, Matt Dyson, who's one of our radio show colleagues, yes. in at number two. Yes, that was mentioned uh, once or twice on The Breakfast Show, I noticed. <laughs> oh, was it? Yeah, they were very, very <laughs> pleased about that. <laughs> Anyone else from um, Manford must be in there? Was Manford in there? Do we know? We'll find out. I can't believe it. I'm sure his people will let us know. If we return to the slopes... We are his people. Oh, sorry, Al. We we did actually hear from the... I don't normally get involved in the tweets, but it was brought to my attention that uh, Dr Alice Blackwell... Ah, yes. (laughs) ..who I think might be a friend of Frank's and possibly a friend of the show by by Dint, um, tweeted the show with a, a photograph of... A snowman, but not a snowman of any kind. A, a Lewis Chessman snowman. Yes. Well, I've um, I've got that photo because she sent it. Uh, it's great. She emailed it to me as well. She made that. She made a Lewis Chessman. The Lewis Chessman, for those of you who are new to the show, um, is uh, they are a set of um, I um, with probably walrus tusk. Um, yes. Chessmen that were found um, that are now part of the Marine Edinburgh University, 
and uh, they're, they're uh, Viking. And there's some in the British Museum. And some in the British Museum, yeah. yeah. And so I've I've seen the British Museum. I always go and visit the the Lewis Chessman when I'm in the British. In fact, I'm actually coincidentally this is <laughs> this is a coincidence. I'm wearing a Lewis Chessman oh. T-shirt today as we speak. When it comes to the British Museum, you're something of a stage door Johnny. I am a I little bit. Used to be called. Yeah. I am. But anyway, I, I heard from. Uh, Dr. Alice Blackwell, who works at Edinburgh. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, but when I was at the Edinburgh Festival, she approached me in a restaurant and said, I know you like the Lewis Chessman. Do you want to come and see our, our ones? So I went backstage. Heard some invitations in my time. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> but I didn't know she was also uh, a sculptor. And then she sends me a photo of this fabulous Lewis Chessman snowman that mm. she's done. She's gone for one of the berserkers. Mm. They're the ones that are biting the tops of their shield. They're so. Oh, oh yes, because I like the queens, obviously. <laughs> yes. The queens that look faintly depressed. Yes, they do. <laughs> they look bored. They look like the men are talking. That's I thought they captured like. me in my essence somehow. No, they, the they, they, they are brilliant, the queen. The berser- there was the real people berserkers who, um, through a mixture of alcohol and. Um, Gen- general frenzy. By the time a battle started, they were like the Tasmanian Devil cartoon. <laughs> they were absolutely wild and uncontrollable, and they just pushed them into the enemy and let them go mad. Oh. Hence, they're biting their shields with uh, just fury and mm. and uh, and all that. But it is brilliant. We, we're, so we've put it on our um, social media, I believe, and check it out. It's such a great idea. I wish you'd done the whole set. <laughs> In the next bit of snow, let, let's try and uh, let's see if any how many of our listeners can assemble. Um, <laughs> or what else could you make them out of? Oh, Angel Delight? No. No, you're probably probably right. Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. Frank, you were referencing Botlins uh, earlier. I was. Yeah. And Kev Cameron has got in touch. And has enjoyed your memory because he obviously recalls going to Skegness every year when he was a kid. My 84-year-old mother still has some cutlery in the drawer, spoons with butlins engraved on them. <laughs> that was a good uh, theft, wasn't it? Because now they've, that feels really cool. <laughs> what else was a good theft? Did any of Text his, in on 812.15. Did any of his uh, relatives um, swim past? why they were doing that I'd love to know actually Kev Cameron has reminded me of something this is a bit whatever happened to yeah uh, sort of cutlery as memorabilia like everyone had a, a spoon or something in the drawer which was had something on it engraved on it or was from somewhere mm. yes I uh, it, th- there used to be little aeroplane salt and pepper um Containers on Virgin Air, and a lot of those went missing. I think. Yeah, and let's not talk about the sleep suits. I don't really see that oh, as yeah. stealing, though. It's sort of collecting. Would you agree with that, Al? <laughs> Liberating. Yeah, okay. I anyway, want. Oh, I want sorry. to ask you something. I was just going to say because you were while we're on the subject of snow. Mm. Did you see both of you the pictures of the snow angel? I say the snow angel because, I mean, it was an epic sculpture. This it was really this. Was. Did you see it, Al? Yeah. 
This artist, he spent four hours creating this snow angel sculpture. I have to say, four it looks like it took longer. It's, it's a brilliant mm. thing. Mm. My, my son did a snow angel when we went on the sledge and thing. There wasn't enough snow and he just created a few scratches on the floor. But yeah. that one is like a statue. It's unbelievable. Ten foot wide. You are. <laughs> oh, sorry, everyone. Extraordinary. <laughs> <laughs> on top of the... Uh, well, it's in the... Mal- is it... I can never say it. Do you say Mal- Malvern? Yes, I, Malvern, yeah, yeah. yeah. thank you. Malvern Hills. Uh, was, it, that's your manor, which is why I asked. It's not far from... from I, I remember going to see the Scottish play in um, Malvern and it was a mat- <laughs> now you're in my manner it was a matinee <laughs> and lots of school parties there and you know the um, is, is, is this a, drag, uh, a dagger which I see before me it's handled turned toward my hand that, that moment um, yeah. they had that when Macbeth thinks he can see this dagger and uh, he starts to hallucinate and a kid behind me said they should have had one on a string. <laughs> really quite loudly. And it was it was one of those performances when it was just packed with kids and oh man. But anyway, it was uh, I'm sure see, many of them have gone on to be Shakespeare scholars. I would happily buy a book called Things Children Have Shouted Out at Shakespeare Plays because I once had a school trip and one of the kids shouted out when Romeo drunk the poison, cheers, mate. (laughs) (laughs) If if you've been at a Shakespeare (laughs) performance where children have called anything out, let us know on 8.12.15. (laughs) Whimsical Shakespearean audience remarks. Open brackets, junior, close brackets. Frank Skinner. Um, this, so this is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. You can text the show on 8.12.15, follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio, or email the show via the Absolute Radio website. I think this morning's texting is things children have called out during Shakespeare performances. <laughs> it's been quiet so well, far. Well, we've had I, one. Oh, yeah. It's not specifically... Uh, a child, but but it is a Shakespeare heckle, so I think we'll let it in. Okay, let's hear it. What does the vote say, Alan? Yeah, let's let it in. Okay, and FS is cool with it, so let's go, Mr. B. Uh, not a child, but when performing for a touring Shakespeare company, can I say I love you already, Mr. B? <laughs> in mm. a previous life in Litchfield, there was always a fella who sat in the front row following the script from a works of Shakespeare yeah, I've seen people as do we that. performed. He would suddenly scramble about the pages whenever I'd failed to learn lines. Oh, that is <laughs> terrible, isn't it? As sort of a, just a prompt, just turning up. Yeah. Also difficult, because most of them, are, there's some cutting involved in, like, you can't do the entire show all the time, can you? No, also, it reminds you of, I see people at cricket sometimes with a scorebook keeping <laughs> the actual score themselves. I was in an amateur production of Romeo and Juliet, and the the, the lad playing Tybalt, Simon, was uh, was quite athletic and gymnastic. He was a, he was a dancer. So it had quite a violent um, stabbing of Tybalt scene in it. Spoiler alert for anybody that doesn't know the show. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And uh, on one night, I killed him and an old lady in the audience went, oh, there was no need for that. (laughs) (laughs) Which I think would have altered the course of the play if we hadn't done it. But I think she probably... One night a week at Shakespeare, five nights a week at wrestling. (laughs) That's how I would see her social life. When I used to go to live wrestling, I was shocked. I saw an old woman remove a hat pin and just stick it in a wrestler's back (laughs) when he was lying on the floor. I mean, another woman jumped up and put a cigarette out on that wrestler's back. Oh, that's not nice, is it? Yeah, they were. God, it was like, you know when the women used to knit at the uh, guillotine? It had, it had that kind of feel to it. I suppose there was very little expression for oppressed women then. There wasn't really, you know, so that was how they, they did it. They put cigarettes out on male wrestlers. Yeah, mm. those were the days. Yeah. Uh, oh, one, two, three. Quicker. Can I just say, this is obviously something... Um, because one, two, three, it said on a school trip, my friend cheered when Juliet swallowed the poison. The audience oh. chuckled gently. We were so proud of our peer. Excellent. Well, I saw um, The Merchant of Venice at Birmingham Repertory Theatre. Not what the rep, the big one, but an old, there's, there's a smaller, older one called uh, but Birmingham Repertory Theatre. Uh, I think Olivier might have been in it. Lovely. Not when I saw it. Mm. Um, and I saw them to the Merchant of Venice, and at the end, the, the curtain came down <laughs> when the guy was doing his closing speech. Oh. And it stopped. They, when they realised their mistake, they stopped at waist level. And oh. he still had some more to do. So he did a lot of leg acting, knowing that his legs were visible. It was really do marvelous. You know, I love that actor. It's su- he's such a pro. Well, he wasn't. He was an amateur <laughs> in every aspect. But I did, I did respect him for really trying to rescue what was already. There was. He'd also heftily kicked a hairpiece that had fallen off Porsche <laughs> sometime <laughs> earlier, as if we might not notice. Those who watched. <laughs> oh, it's an endless source of. I think I'll write a play about a Shakespeare play being done. And, uh, That's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. I'll yeah. get. I'll get on. Oh, I'll wait at the end of the show. <laughs> Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. Can we return to Ed Elliott, the sculptor, the snow oh, sculptor? Snow sculptor Ed. So it's ten foot snow angel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He used a knot, a small knife. Mm. And have you seen this thing? It's it is, an uh, absolute masterpiece. It is. Um, uh, th- there are pictures of it available. It's probably a bit frustrating us talking about it. Although, one thing I would say, I don't know what you boys think, it felt, how can I put this? I mean, it felt very testosterone this angel. I see angels as quite sort of flighty, not of this earth. They're ephemeral. certainly flighty. <laughs> this, this was no Tinkerbell, yeah. this angel. I mean, it looked like Ross Kemp with wings. Yes. Well, I, I like the, uh, the, the butch angel look. Um, I don't know if That's you've seen... That's what I've heard. I don't know if you've <laughs> yeah. seen... Uh, I've read that online. <laughs> have you seen Vim Vendor's Wings of Desire? The, the angels in that are quite... Sturdy. In fact, it turns out, and I don't want to do spoilers, but I just thought you'd be racing off to your uh, blockbusters to get this out. 
that... Um, no, it was the last one closed in 1983. It turns out that Peter Falk, not, not acting, but Peter Falk, Peter Falk, we discover is an angel. Oh. Something oh. we didn't know. Oh. Yeah. The actual Peter Falk. The actual Peter Falk. Like, the, the, one of the angels goes along to filming of um, Colombo and it transpires <laughs> that Peter Falk is an angel in real life. Yeah. Who knew, I hear you say. I so he is up there with um, as big a spoiler as Romeo killing Tybalt. I oh, know, yeah, we've, we've been, we've been bad this morning. It's, uh, I better <laughs> avoid. Um, I better avoid one division. Have you seen one division? No. On, no. On, uh, do you know? You know? Oh, um, no. It's, it's on um, Disney Plus. I know. I'm probably not no. allowed to mention Disney Plus because I believe Jason Manford's show is sponsored by it. So that probably means I need to keep my nose out of his business. <laughs> But I love WandaVision. Can I tell you, it's the best. Oh, man. I really super recommend it to anyone. It's so phenomenally... What is it, a cartoon? No. (laughs) Oh, no. I think it's a sitcom with somebody with a funny face. Well, it it is. Maybe it isn't. Oh, the mystery of it. Yeah. It's it's about uh, Wanda Maximoff um, from The Avengers... And Vision from the Avengers, and they get they marry. Oh. Nope, no clear. Of course it is. Well, <laughs> I, I, you, you're probably are you the Avengers think, Marvel people? Yes. Oh God. No, you're you're thinking that, but I'm, I think Catholics is where you don't have to be a superhero thing. If you stick with it, it is so brilliantly clever. Anyway. Okay. Um, how did we get to that? I'm getting old, dear, to stick with it. And also, Netflix are putting the price up, so you might be glad of <laughs> Disney Plus, the way things are going. Good point. Um, here's a question. What I love about the snow sculpture, Adeliot, and about all ice sculpture... I mean, do you remember someone sent into this show about three weeks ago? I don't want to blow my own trumpet, not with my back. <laughs> but um, somebody <sighs> said... Uh, Sorry, Al. Somebody said, this is too good for uh, throwaway stuff. You should be uh, writing some of this down. I can't remember what joke he'd referred to. I think it was the idea of having, uh, when I found out how big the nasal cavity was, it was about celebrities having forever a straw stuck in their nose that they could pull down like an attic ladder for drug taking. Anyway... What I like about the snow sculptor is the idea of its disposability, that someone puts their talent into that and then it's gone. Mm. But I've got a a question, which I think is quite a major, quite a major question, which I think will change the lives of a lot of people listening. I'll ask it after this. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. Oh, yes, thanks. here's my question about Ed Elliot. Mm. The sculptor. The sculptor. Is there something, I think, for me, the excitement of the, of the snow sculpting is the throwaway element of it. Mm. You take Dr. Mm. Alice Blackwell, she's done that fantastic chess piece, knowing that she could get up the next morning and it's gone. Mm. Yeah. And I think, I think Ed prides himself on that, but he's taken very nice photographs of his snow angel. Once you've taken photographs of it, have you have you destroyed that, destroyed the throwaway art element? I see. This is almost like if a tree falls and no one hears it question, isn't it? Um No. No, no, no. no. 
Yeah. <laughs> For goodness sake. What's the frequency, Kenneth? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's... Uh, I would agree with you in the uh, all-attachment-is-misery sense. Yes, it's still absolute radio. Oh. It's a very Buddhist thing that he's done. He's allowed to commemorate the moment at which he created it and well. he's allowed it to dissolve and pass. Yeah, but he's, I would, once he's photographed it, there's no dissolving anymore, really. I would wow. just challenge one thing in the article I read, which uh, said that he risked frostbite. And I thought, well, not hugely. He could have just gone in. Yeah, it's also, it took him ten minutes. It's, it's two hours. It's not, I may be some time. It's not Serrano Fine, is it? He's, no. Do you know Serrano Fine? Just go home and have a hot chocolate. Do you know Serrano Fine? No, no, I'm not parking next to his house. <laughs> um, yes, I. Well, I, you know, he's done a great job, and it's it's a beautiful thing. He does also say, as an artist, and I always worry when people say anything oh, yeah. with their profession and the words "as an" before mm. it. I don't think mm. I've ever said, and I'm about to say in inverted commas, as a comedian in my life. No. Mm. As an actor is something you hear quite a lot. Well, the thing is, as an actor, I... No, what you get is I, an actor. <laughs> well, you hear that very often, to be fair. Anyway, oh. it's a lovely it's a lovely thing, and if we get any more snow, I shall be out there, and I'll be... Uh, I'm thinking Smurf mm. for mine. Uh, Frank, I really feel we must uh, share some of these people shouting out during Shakespeare plays. Oh, yeah, I'm all for that. Uh, we've had... Not for the shouting out, but for the hearing about it. And, and it's specifically Shakespeare, we should say. Oh, yeah. Chris Branch, I was performing A Midsummer Night's Dream at the Manchester <laughs> Royal Exchange in 2012. <laughs> I, love I love it so far, Chris. <laughs> and as Quince was casting the play within the play, a man let out an angry and frustrated yell of, More lies! from the stalls. Wow. Like he was hoping for something more factual at the theatre. <laughs> Do you think he was making a point about the nature of theatre, that the, the fact there was a play within a play, it was like a new layer of, of falsehood. <laughs> the deception had gone too far for That's him. That's a great, that is a great heckle. We've or, also or had... perhaps he'd... Go on, Al. he just found out that his uh, his relationship was built on lies and then went to the theatre. <laughs> oh, more lies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Ellis Crees uh, has said, death scene in Macbeth, impressive sword fight, collapse and die, child, I can see him breathing. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, what do they expect, these people? <laughs> So I tell you why it's, I said specifically Shakespeare as well is yeah. because the formality of Shakespeare yeah. to be shattered. Yeah. <laughs> There's something awful about it, but also something slightly brilliant. Frank Skinner, Skinner on Absolute Radio. So, uh, what what's um, what's happened? What's up? Um, well, What's not up? much. <laughs> Obviously, not much because, like everybody else, we're staying, staying in a bit. Yeah, staying in, going for a walk, that sort of stuff. Mm. But um, I'm a big fan of trying to control the controllables, so I've been um, I've been cooking because that's a thing that you can have a go at yourself, isn't it? You don't Is this a thing that you did world. already, or something you've developed in? 
I didn't I didn't do that much, but I've um, I've started using recipes a bit more. But I've um, to quote Frank Spencer, I've been in a bit of trouble. <laughs> um, I've had I've had a I've had a bit of equipment failure. I uh, oh. I've I've been baking things, not baking things, but I put some stuff in the oven, and then I got it out, and it was in. Um, do you know, like a sort of earthenware dish, like, oh, rather than yes. a metal very, roasting tree? Very, like arti- very artisan. The artisan More like a Le Creuset type. Yeah. yeah, that sort I of... I don't know what that is. But you mean they're a sort of ready orange? You do know the yeah. Le Creuset. I've told you, it's that orange colour casserole dish. Okay, well, this one's right. a creamy colour, and it may not be that particular brand. It might be a sort of a rip-off. I don't know, but it's I possible. suspect it is, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I had some stuff in there. I don't know what it was, wedges or a burger or whatever. And those trays get <laughs> you so cooking. hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Started this by saying the oven's branching out in the cooking of wedges. Well, I have also started burger. making lasagnas properly. Whoa. But, um, Sounds yeah, like you're running a fast food cafe. <laughs> anyway, is a cold lasagna. I happened to be on the phone on hands-free and I opened the oven, put the oven glove on and uh, lifted out the Le Creuset tray, Le Creuset style tray, and I had, <laughs> I had oven glove equipment failure because <gasps> as I was on the phone, I just felt incredible. It was just as if I had put my hand on the tray with no glove on whatsoever, Ooh. and Ooh. I think I burnt every bit of fingerprint <gasps> off my thumb. Thumbprint? Uh. What is the term? Um, and I couldn't yell because I was on the phone, <laughs> so I just had to sort of brave it out. And you think you... that would? No, whoa, 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 whoa! I don't understand. Is it the um, the gaping shark glove? Is that what's that <laughs> oh. your favour? Or did you go no, alligator? It's, it's, it's actually a cloth oven glove, but very thick. Like they work on all the uh, other but oven I don't trays understand. that we've got. How did that happen? Me neither. It was very confusing, and I I was furious and in pain. And you'd think that would be the end of it, but it happened to me again this week. It's twice. I've, with the same oven glove? With the same oven glove. You want to get shot of that glove. Could you it think... be any chance that it could be a tea towel? <laughs> You're using. <laughs> it does make me wonder, because it is the ultimate you only had one job. The oven glove. Well, I'm exactly. Not using, it's not a boxing glove, it's not a ski I, glove. I have, used them. Glove. I have used them as uh, impromptu saddlebags <laughs> when I was a kid. I find it very <laughs> impressive, nay confusing, when you say, I couldn't scream because I was on the phone. Yeah. Like that's ever stopped me. Well, it depends who you're on the phone to, really. Oh. Yeah, it was my manager. I don't want him here in no, the screen, not during no, these difficult times. Not again. Times. <laughs> <laughs> Give him a day off, Al, from the screaming. <laughs> well, that, I don't understand. Have you investigated the oven gloves? Uh, I think it's the tray gets so hot. That's the only no, conclusion no, I can come up with. Surely an oven glove, you should be able to pick up a, a, a glowing ingot. You Where think? did you get that oven glove, Al? Good question. A well, gift from I'm just saying, is anything above 99p in the store it's you got it from? Just the line. <laughs> I just want to check. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, it's, um, if anyone's listening, don't um, check your oven gloves. That's, I think, the moral of this. Don't buy them from the pound shop. Don't. <clears throat> well, I think you could probably wear two pairs. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah, why not? Or you could just fold the one pair and take it out one-handed. Mm. <sighs> it's hard, isn't it? <laughs> it is so hard cooking. 
Sorry, we were just talking about uh, John Daniel, who I'd completely forgotten existed, but was apparently was a chimpanzee, is that right? He was a chimpanzee and he was, there was called John Daniel. There was pictures of him, wasn't there, with people? He was... Um, he lived at a Eton or something like that. He drank he? tea, he went yeah. to school, he was very humanised, he was very cruel. Anyway, the reason we're on the side... 1918. <laughs> the reason... <laughs> <laughs> the reason we're on the subject of John Daniel is I had, I had a fantastic uh, letter from Roxy Elgar, who uh, lives in uh, Inverness, and she. Uh, um, I, this is difficult because we don't read out praise, but she's very nice about the show indeed, and she knows all the in-jokes. She knows more of the in-jokes on the show than I know, and she's done a, an illustration which we'll put on our... Um, our um, social media which she's done a, a drawing of all the different things on the show like who's in the so-and-so chair and it's uh, etc absolutely it, it brilliant. brilliant it is it's brilliant. great um it's well done it's almost like a mind map of this show or something it, it isn't is it? Mm. It's, it's exactly it's exactly that and um she's uh, she's 18 roxy but she's still written a letter Mm. Um, congratulations on that! Yeah. And uh, oh, she makes cakes as well. If you want, if you're living in Inverness, in, in, incidentally, or in the area, cakesbyrocks.co.uk. You get yourself a fancy. Uh, if her cakes or anything like her artwork, I imagine they're absolutely amazing. Um, so it's it's really nice to hear from you, and thanks for all the um, lovely uh, things you say. And um, good luck to Mooney as well, who's a dog, who I think she met at a mass wedding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So well done, well done, Roxy Elgar. Uh, What what else? Well, we've had uh, all sorts of our readers getting in touch regarding, I'm calling them Shakespeare heckles. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, Theresa Fortune... My mum went to a matinee to see Simon Cadell play Hamlet in Birmingham. I saw Simon Cadell play Hamlet in Birmingham. Did you? Well, snap. I bet you didn't do... Did you? No, I was just oh, saying okay. that Frank is saying snap. Oh, I thought you were as well. <laughs> Obviously, some schoolboy took the opportunity to shout out, Heidi, hi, yeah, at the beginning of his first <laughs> soliloquy. Yes, um... <laughs> Oh, I like the soliloquy. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, I didn't beautiful. say soliloquy. He was very good. Simon Cadell, I should say, played the sort of uh, uh, the manager of mm. um, Mapling's yes, holiday what was his name? camp. Yeah, Jeffrey. Very good. I think was yes. it Jeffrey? I got no idea. It was Ruth Maddock was. Um, I always remember Kath, my partner, telling me that she only had two crushes when she was a child: one on Richard Briers and one on Ruth Maddock. Richard Briers. Oh. I think Richard A lot Sullivan. of people say Ruth Maddock when I tell them that, but not yeah. you. You're all right with that. We've had some other good Shakespeare ones. Oh, yeah? Oh, I'm a big fan of the 666 one. Oh, go on. Um, uh, during a performance of Richard III at Alexandra Palace, a man shouted, Why are you laughing? It's not psychologically true. <laughs> on, on repeat. What? <laughs> Until he was removed by security. <laughs> That's oh. from Sally Vanderpump. Uh, oh, oh, I know her. She's lovely. Hello. Do you? Yeah, I know who she is. Do you? Mm. 
Oh, I fancy that. <laughs> which, which part of Vanderpump gener- generator the band? No. Okay. Not everything's connected to a weird band. Well, <laughs> let's see, shall we? Name something. <laughs> Come on. I'll tell you what I would like to end with. Go on. Is Hazaland during a performance of a Midsummer Night's Dream at Ipswich's Civic Hall, my four-year-old daughter shouted out at an over-enthusiastic Nick Bottom, who was playing the main role of Pyramus at the time, "Oh, calm down, Bottom." <laughs> 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 this isn't really a heckle; it's, it's a note. No. <laughs> it's actually a note, like a director <laughs> might give. <laughs> oh dear! Oh, I enjoyed these enormously. Did you see my bottom in uh, Regent's Park? <laughs> seriously? No, not seriously. Let's move on. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to us today. A thank for everyone who's uh, contributed with uh, some fabulous stuff from our readers and, of course, from Roxy Elgar, who sent the fab a drawing which we've put on our um, social media of what the show is in many ways. Um, so, look, if the good Lord spares us and the Greeks... Don't rise, we'll be back again this time next week. Now get in. This is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio.